Good morning! Welcome to the second series of The Slice, a weekly pick-me-up podcast covering everything from work woes to self-care. Brought to you by myself, Tara Starlet, And me, Megan Morass. We bring you bite-sized segments to get you motivated every Monday morning. The Slice podcast is a motivational tool to build your morning routine around, so you can start your day on the right foot and kick ass all week. joined by the glorious nutritionist Lola Ross who's here to talk through all things nutrition and mornings and getting our day off to the best possible start. So Lola welcome please tell us a little bit more about your approach to nutrition and your work. Thanks for having me firstly. Um, Yeah so I am a nutritionist I specialize in women's health Okay. Um, that's the, the main focus, but I you know, run a totally inclusive practice, so I do see all sorts of people for all sorts of reasons. Um, but the, my approach, I mean, my, my training is in sort of functional nutrition, so we look at, of course, food uh, diet as a cornerstone, as a foundation, but we can't um, ignore the fact that lifestyle um, is massively important uh, mm. and, and contributor to, to health and wellness. So we look at activity levels, we look at um, supplements, we look at um, sort of deficiencies rather, so then maybe look at supplementation, um, looking at psycho-emotional health as well, so, and stress. So stress is, as we know, such a massive uh, contributor to disease in the 21st century, so that's uh, one of the, the first things that we look at. (laughs) Megan's like counting because she's the most stressed person ever. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lola. That's so interesting because I always have originally thought of nutrition as just being food. So it's really great that you've got that really kind of um, 360 approach to it. So hopefully we'll be dishing, dishing some great um, advice for everyone today. Yeah, we're going to be discussing how to get your day off to the best possible start and the role that the food and these other like 360 wellness techniques can have in doing that. Great, so tomorrow, once you've listened to this guys, <laughs> you've got to action all of it. No kidding, it's all good, no pressure, no stress. Okay, so Lola, first things first, talk us through your own personal morning routine and if you have one and what you've found works for you. Okay, so the first thing I kind of want to share is that my routine isn't static, it's a dynamic thing, you know, it's, it's what I do today I might not have been doing two years ago or mm-hmm. I may not be doing again in, in six months time, you know, it's really important that I listen to my body, that I'm working with the seasons and how I feel at, at, in that particular period um, and make tweaks and adjustments that uh, fit where I'm at. So um, at the moment, um, I am waking up and I meditate for about five or ten minutes. Now, I find meditation really important to me because I have had bouts of anxiety in my life and, you know, I do feel that keeping my mind still and calm is a great way for me to approach the day going forward. Mm. Um, I really feel it works for me and I think... Probably for most if you compare people. it to like, 
jumping out of bed, ah! It's like yeah, the exactly. polar opposite. Yeah. So I'll start with that. So I use an app like Calm or Headspace, but obviously there are so many apps out there that, and you just have to find the the one that works for you. But mm. and some of them are free, and some of them are obviously um, subscription paid for services. And then I will then move on to doing exercise. So exercise, another really important thing. I look at exercise as a way of kind of reoxygenating my my body, you know, my brain, really kind of getting me alert for the morning, um, getting all of those nutrients that I've been eating the day before pumped around to all the cells and tissues and organs in my body. And uh, it just generally makes me feel better and obviously keeps my, my weight in, in, in balance and my energy levels, it helps with energy production. So exercise is very important. So what I'm doing at the moment, because the weather's changed mm. and it's a bit harder to get up, and <laughs> get up and get out in the morning, is that I use a, an app, another app. So I'm down with the app. <laughs> app queen. queen. Well, Snaps. <laughs> yeah. So I'm using the a very basic app at the moment, just because it's free, and I'm just trying it out. But it seems to have stuck. So I'm doing that for a while, for now, and it's just what is seven. This magic app. <laughs> <laughs> it's the old classic, the seven minute workout. Oh, it's so good. I love it. So I do that. And I'm doing that for now, but I'll probably get bored and I'll move and, or, or need something else at some point and go back to the gym or do my hot pod yoga, which I absolutely love. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so it all depends. Is hot pod yoga yeah. Bikram yoga? Is that Bikram is hot yeah. yoga, but hot yoga is not necessarily always Bikram because Bikram oh. is the combination of it being hot and the, the, the actual type routines. Of routine. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's it's really a vinyasa flow though, so that's what really works that's for me. Nice. Yeah. I've started doing yoga in the mornings and it's it's helping against autumn changes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean yoga is such a complete exercise. It's, oh it's um, amazing. It's brilliant. I also um, I then move on to uh, warm water, warm lemon water, which is like a, a nutritionist's kind of classic thing to do. I know do. you and Tara have this in common. Yeah. We and actually spoke about this on our <laughs> podcast, let's be honest. I was inspired by that that's just it's such nice. the best way to start the day is like lemon in water. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's great. Well, you know, you're on to a good thing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually going to take the time to explain it to, you know, your audience who may have heard about it or do it but don't really know what it's doing do, yes. um so the some of the actives in lemons um actually kick start the or upregulates that some of the the processes in the detoxification processes in the liver mm. so it gets your metabolism going um which is really great because that's your gut your gut health and getting that moving for the morning is is a good thing mm. and in some opinions it also alkalizes your your body as well Really? Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, we have to ask, do you drink coffee? Because it's, you know, seen as this very, like, oh, I have to, I, well, I feel bad when I drink coffee and I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, but is it really that bad? Well, it's really interesting because coffee as a plant, you know, years ago was used, you know, in a, in a naturopathic way to be a really incredible um, sort of detoxifi de detoxifying co uh, plant herb. You hear about and coffee enemas and all those kind of things. Exactly. So we use that today in in that form. But you know, year, I mean, hundreds of years ago, people would you know indigenous populations who had access to coffee, they would 
use it to you know for constipation and things like that but just in small amounts does have that effect though doesn't it exactly (laughs) but obviously what's happened is that you know we are reliant on it now Mm. and we have it every day and it's just that thing of you know moderation or having Mm. you know not having it every day would be would be ideal but I do drink coffee and I do drink it nearly every day Mm. yeah me one, one, one <laughs> cup. One, just one. No please. sugar. No sugar. And when do you eat your breakfast? Do you eat breakfast? I do. It depends. Um, I do. I found that fasting in the morning works for me. It's not going to be for everybody, but it works for me. I'm not hungry in the mornings until later on in the day. Mm. Until later on in the morning. Um, but I'm also really interested in the research around uh, fasting and how the effects on our blood sugar levels and beyond mm. how, how it works so yeah I have to say I'm an avid faster I usually fast for 16 to 18 hours a day throughout the last I have my last meal around seven and then I will fast for 16 to 18 hours which takes me to about two or one and I just my tummy is rumbling at <laughs> for me it's not for everyone for sure but for me it just makes me feel so much better yeah. I don't know why that is. I think it's because I have trouble digesting food. So the more I pack into my stomach, the harder it is for it to digest. Mm-hmm. So I really, really love it. And I use an app for it to keep in my head, which is called Zero, And it just tells me like, oh, you've done this much fasting. You need to make sure that you eat this, eat that, eat this, drink this, etc. So you make sure that you're not. Obviously, it's very dangerous if you have um, an interesting relationship with food. Well, exactly, there's all of that. But I think just going down to the kind of the background of, of what fasting, um, I mean, there's so many cultures, and you know, look at fasting as a very important part of their um, health and well-being anyway. Um, but I think when you look back at, you know, how we were designed, you know, in the paleo days, you know, we weren't eating in the way that we are mm-hmm. now. And... I think to have those periods where your digestive system is on a break is important and yeah. it also just helps you to uh, your body to regulate energy burning in a much healthier way than it does uh, as most of us do today nice. and how we eat today rather good insight <laughs> right so that brings us beautifully into our live it list which is um where you share your kind of top tips with our listeners for how they can kind of implement your knowledge and experience into their own lives so have you got any tips for our listeners to get their mornings going and the role that this 360 wellness nutrition can play in that yeah so obviously everyone's situation is unique so I'm there's no sort of prescription uh, per se but I think it's really important to learn to be to listen to our bodies more be trust our instincts our intuition about what might be going on of course really important to have your regular health checks and all of those things but actually taking time to think about what's going on in your body um, can actually you know bring forth some messages and and help you to know how what your body needs Mm -hmm. so you know talking about that would mean Um, a body scan so for those who don't know what body scanning is it's just a method of almost a meditation method but you're um, guiding in your mind's eye through your body um, tracing through your body um, and kind of thinking about how each 
region of your body feels and sometimes you might feel something that you haven't been too busy in the daytime to really acknowledge mm. is going on but in that three minute scan body scan you've identified that ah oh, actually that feels different or that's improved even you know so it's important to check in so body scans for anyone who hasn't done them before you can find them on apps or mm. youtube um it doesn't take a lot to understand how to do it and it's really great so yeah, yeah definitely um, the other thing would be to, fo to to really think about the idea of planning. So anytime you're trying to make changes in any area of your life, it involves a, a level of planning. Mm. But especially when you're making um, changes to your health and well-being, when you're trying to potentially break old patterns around food, um, you know, relationships around food can be quite... Um, have quite a big influence on, on what you do. So, yeah. you know, it's a psychological relationship as well as a sort of, you know, taste thing. So actually making time to plan menus, plan shopping lists, um, plan, look at recipe books, find blogs that you really like, or even when you go out to a restaurant and you've had a healthy meal, mm. take note of what mm. is in that dish, or yeah. even ask the, the staff, and, uh, and plan around that, it's really important. So, um, yeah, and also another thing as well is clearing out cupboards. I, when I first graduated from my course, my, my degree, I spent a lot of time clear, going to clients' homes and clearing out their cupboards, and that was like so their big... cool. I wish you could do that yeah. with my cupboards. So at the time it was called the cupboard detox, but whatever. Oh, wow. I love it! <laughs> Kitchen cupboard detox. But it was really great because actually to identify... Um, with your client what's not working inside mm. your kitchen in terms of health giving products mm. or things that are going to make you crumble in yeah. a diet because you've got some gorgeous chocolate cake or whatever it is that's your weakness in your mm. cupboard yeah just get rid of it don't yeah. have it there I also think um, when you when you start planning or you become more aware of what you're doing you often look at labels a little bit more yeah and honestly the amount of stuff in Someone said to me once, don't ever purchase anything that you don't know what it is. As mm. in, like, on the label, you know, it's got, like, glycerol. Yeah. And um, just before I moved house, I went through our cupboards and I got rid of everything that had anything I didn't understand on it. And we had no food left, like, literally <laughs> nothing. It's Except crazy. Except Yeah, so I was just sharing with um, Tara and Lola prior to bringing you guys into this conversation that I'm obsessed with Encona. Um, the extra hot chili pepper sauce to the point where I put it on everything. We're talking like, I will put it on fish, I will put it on uh, bread, I will put it on cheese, I will put it on cheese. Anyway, I'm salivating. Can you see me salivating? <laughs> I am addicted to it without a shadow of a doubt. So this um, conversation has inspired me to throw it away. It's painful. Uh, it's going to be hard. I'm probably going to do some kind of ceremony to say bye to it. But <laughs> well, because I'm it's got it. some additives in it. Yes, the, 100%. In it's one of actually standing in response to Encona. It's one of the better hot sauces. However, yes. I am moving on. Yeah. Um, the relationship with Encona <laughs> is over. Um, okay, amazing. And also, one of the limitless elements you were talking about earlier is education, basically. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit more about yeah, that? Yeah, so... Um, you know, I you know I do think it's really important that you know you find your guru, mm. um, but you know you are 
scrupulous about it you don't just follow blindly you know you do your research and see what their credentials are because you know there are lots of people out there who have good messages to say but actually maybe they don't have the full picture and they might be saying or presenting information that is misinformation or potentially in some cases not um, safe mm -hmm. and I think uh, you know ask questions, find blogs that have, uh, that use evidence base um, as their kind of basis. And, um, you know, there are blogs like Mind, Body, Green, so that's a very accessible one. You know, mm. they, you know, they have great writers, you know, the people that, the practitioners that sit on the kind of board of experts are highly esteemed in my field, for example. Mm. Um, and they are highly regarded and, and, and they, ha they, create content that's that has some evidence base you know also you know obviously our own platform moody month um which is a mood and hormone cycle tracking um app mm. is you know we we work with lots of experts you know endocrinologists doctors nutritionists um you know all sorts of experts in their field and so everything that we put into moody has evidence-based and research behind it and maybe some of it's you know could be inconclusive but we're doing the best we can to provide that level of um, information i do think that is exceedingly important isn't it especially in an era where you know we get served so much information via quotes via facebook via digital platforms and you know i think we have been guilty of just accepting that oh well it must be true or even getting into the habit of just assuming what we're consuming is correct also our attention spans have got so short yes that it's like no one takes the time to go and like check and double check and everything like that and w with the age of the influencer it's more about trust and so if someone's telling you something and you trust them mm. you just take their word for it rather than that's very true checking checking and checking yeah a hundred percent and actually you know speaking from my experience working with lots of brands in the media world they are pushing and pushing to create trust between their consumer and their brand but the question is are you trustworthy mm. <laughs> because in the some way that the way that, that trust is created is more on an emotional level absolutely. rather than on like a scientific level absolutely well it's interesting actually that point because you know i i have actually been asked um well a, a lot more uh, sorry a number of brands have, have been coming forward asking for my input mm. you know in terms of either kind of being part of their board of experts or coming to kind of train um, their team around their particular product. So I think there is definitely a shift. They do want to know, yes, you know, kind of the facts or, mm. or what we believe to be the facts around that product. But at the same time, you know, I guess ultimately they need to sell their products. So who knows how, how much they're all taking on. Not the brands <laughs> that I'm working with, of course. <laughs> Marginal gains. Okay, that, that actually quite neatly leads us on to our next section called Pulp Fiction, which is all about busting those myths, any kind of fake news that potentially we've been served by brands or that you hear regularly where you are like, guys this is fake is there anything that you want to put the record straight with i still think that the word bacteria is um vilified you know so mm. bacteria you know is obviously 
in everything in our environment, you know, from the, you know, our kitchens to our gardens to our, but we also have bacteria that live and thrive yeah. in our bodies and on our bodies. And that bacteria is also really protective to our systems as well as um, if, if it's the right bacteria in the right amounts and the um, bacteria that's not right in our bodies that can exist is kept at, under control and in low amounts. Um, but there's a there's a concept called the the hygiene hypothesis. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm, Tara's so, nodding. Obviously, yeah, I so, haven't clearly. So that was, <laughs> so that was you know that was that was sort of kind of coined that term you know quite a few years ago. But it's just this idea that we live in this very sterile environment, mm. and that you know things like hand sanitizers, you know sanitation, a very sanitized world that we live in today. Um, children that don't grow up grow, playing in the garden, eating dirt. They don't prime their immune systems in the way yeah. that um, previous generations have. Mm. So um, what we're seeing now are things like allergies and um, responses to sort of bacteria that our bodies, or so, some of the younger generation anyway, our bodies are not um, used to de dealing with. Mm. So I think, yeah, so going back to this idea of bacteria, you know, you kind of need bacteria, you know, you need to be exposed to it from basically childbirth yeah. um, to prime your immune system and also this bacteria which exists in our body as our microbiome, which mm -hmm. is this um, ecology of bacteria that has incredible roles in our body, mm -hmm. you know, a massive part of our immune function is this microbiome, yeah. um, this microbiome manufactures serotonin, which is our uh, neurotransmitter that makes us feel happy, helps regulate sleep. Um, I mean, there's just so many things that the microbiome does, and we regularly deplete it through diet, stress, too much alcohol, brushing our teeth with, you know, bacteria, ridding toothpaste. Um, Surface cleaning, the, the kitchen's full of antibacterial products. Like, oh, anything that's there. got bleach, <coughs> chlorine, antibacterial, says, you know, kills 99.9% .9 of bacteria. It's like that's also killing good bacteria. Yeah. And it's the good bacteria that keeps the bad bacteria in check as long as that balance isn't tampered with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. that's really, really interesting. And you mentioned something about, so we know that, um, I think people have heard this term, good bacteria and like yeah. gut flora. And we're, yeah. we're, we're familiar with the concept that we've got this microbiome in our gut. Yeah. But it's also present throughout our body, right? We've got it Absolutely. in our skin. Yeah, so you know, you have a microbiome on your skin that helps to keep it at the right um, sort of uh, acidity, um, and you know which helps to protect it from invaders and things and also just keeps it healthy um, we have a an oral microbiome as well uh, mm. we have a vagina microbiome so we have this important um, beneficial bacteria that lives in our kind of cavities and inside of our bodies um, which helps protect us mm. so when for example you have an imbalance of microflora in your vagina, for example, that might lead to things like uh, thrush or mm. cystitis because you don't have that immune function uh, or that immune protecting function of the 
beneficial bacteria mm. um, in these places. So the oral ma- um, microbiome is the microbiology that lives in your gut, in your mouth, sorry, and it protects your teeth and gums and creates a healthy oral environment. Can I and just say really your teeth important. are great? Aren't they? Okay. Mm. They're yes. so nice. I've had so many compliments since I've been here. Thank you, girls. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> We're obsessed. We are obsessed. Oh, my goodness. Right, thanks, Lola, for setting the, le- the record straight on that. Um, and I hope that lots of our listeners will find that really interesting and informative. Our next section is the quote o'clock. So this is a quote that you live by. So my, the quote that I live by, I have lots of quotes, but this is one that's really important to me. Um, it is, always do your best. What you plant now, you will harvest later. And the reason why I like this is, you know, you can think, you can relate it very um, closely to, you know, the food that we eat and, and how that makes us feel and look and be well as we get older. Um, but also, you know, this it extends to, you know, what we invest in ourselves spiritually, uh, on a physical level, you know, all of that. If we do the right things and we think about it and we're considered and conscious about all of that um, and we make intelligent choices, then I think, you know, you will always reap those rewards yeah yeah agree i also i always end up talking environment stuff with lola because we share that passion and it's a really uh nice and important one i mean it's a literal one it's a literally <laughs> it's a literal <laughs> environmental <laughs> reference but um well, you know that's too late that <laughs> in terms of that but yeah <laughs> okay and that leads us on to our last segment which is pet to the people um, so this is really a pep talk around a question or something that you get asked regularly. So Lola often appears on panels um, and often does a lot of uh, public speaking on the subject of nutrition. So something that we're going to discuss today, I'm going to read it out. So this could be you guys, but also someone has come in and said, I find my energy levels fluctuate so much throughout my cycle. What can I do for a boost? This one really resonates with me because my cycle is just so I fluctuate so wildly. It's crazy. I well, it's not crazy. That is the wrong word. It's normal. It's normal, <laughs> but I I really change quite dramatically. My mental health changes. My physicality changes. My approach changes. So it would be really really great to hear your feedback on so, this. So just to clarify for the listeners, what what we're talking about here is the menstrual cycle or the ovarian cycle mm-hmm. and um, the different hormonal changes that happen throughout that and how that makes us feel. Yeah. So yeah, so while all cycles are unique and I think it's really important to you know, sort of underscore that, um, mm-hmm. we do, the typical cycle will follow a, um, a hormonal fluctuation pattern which is what actually governs the, all of the events that occur throughout the menstrual cycle so um, you know diff- the diff- four phases of the cycle will have higher levels of progesterone um, or estrogen or testosterone than others and actually when the, the levels of proge- progesterone are rising or have been hanging around for, for a while that can actually make you feel quite tired and fatigued and low in mm-hmm. energy um, and if you have any sort of imbalance um, in terms of hormones, you might find that that's more exaggerated. 
I mean, it's quite typical to feel lower in energy in some t at certain points in your cycle, but if you're feeling excessively so, then there may be something else at play. Mm. So in terms of... Um, Sorry, before yes. you go into solutions, um, just to clarify for our listeners, what points in the cycle would you expect um, to feel more lower energy versus more higher energy? Okay, yeah. Okay, so... Um, so starting with the first phase of the cycle, which is your bleed phase, so that's it's very common to feel quite low in energy in those first days of your bleed. Uh, you know, you've had a lot of high circulating uh, progesterone, your body's doing incredible things if you're, you know, shedding and building up this uterine lining and then shedding it. So these are processes that we don't even think about, they're involuntary, but they take effort and energy out of the body. So, uh, and if you have a heavy bleed, you may find that, you know, you feel particularly tired around that time because, you know, you're losing iron mm -hmm. um, out of your, your blood loss. And iron is a really important uh, mineral that carries oxygen in our blood. And that helps us to feel energized and alert and all of those things. So the bleed phase, definitely your levels typically should pick up at the end of your bleed phase into your rise phase. Mm -hmm. So that's your, your follicular phase. Um, and your progesterone is, is, is rising, but it was, you know, it's, it's been a bit low. Um, and then, you know, your progesterone steadily rises and that's the sedative sort of effects that you feel, where you feel because of, because of progesterone. Um, and so, yeah, you might typically feel kind of tired and low-key um, in your shift phase and reflect, reflect phase as well. Okay. But it's not, for, not everyone's going to feel like that, but it's possible. Okay, that's yeah. really interesting. Mm. Basically, rise. So we're rise using that rise. rise, shift <laughs> and reflect. We're using the terms from the Moody Month app, of course, which Lola is a co-founder and advisor on, and uh, which we rec recommended earlier. And those, uh, that's the terms, the bleed, rise, shift, reflect. So if you do download the app, that will become really clear for you. But if you don't have it, those first um, two phases are the follicular phase up until ovulation, and then the shift and reflect is that luteal phase, which is between ovulation and, and your next bleed. Thank you. Sorry, I'm like comms no, team no, over no. here. That was, good. that was good to explain. That was great. Yeah. Okay, so can we just going back to our um, our challenge that's come in? Mm -hmm. So obviously we've defined that your energy levels, if you are experiencing a cycle, are going to fluctuate yeah. depending on what you are and what you're doing. So what can we do generally for a boost during those low lower periods in that cycle? Okay, so just want to just stress again that not everybody's going to have this 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 feeling of fatigue. Yes. But, and I think, and as I said, if you are experiencing it quite a lot or quite regularly, then it could be that you need to give your sort of uh, hormone health some attention. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, again, looking at a 360 approach to, to wellness, you'd be looking at, you know, your diet, first of all, looking at including good quality um, proteins, so plant proteins are great, but animal proteins, if, if, you, if you do eat meat, um, good, good quality sources, grass-fed and all of that. Um, because you know those proteins actually create hormones, so they they're they're part of the you know hormone production and they're the amino yeah. acids. Okay. And um, then exercise, so activity is super important. So you know exercise just 
creates balance in the body in so many different ways. You know, it helps all of our nutrients to you know reach target cells in the body, including glands that produce and manufacture and release uh, hormones. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so there's that. And then sleep. Sleep is massively important. So when we sleep, I mean, I don't know if any of you have read the wonderful why? book why we why sleep, we sleep you'll yeah. basically just get a crash course in understanding it's so good it's yeah so good. um but yeah just the ability for sleep the, sorry the impact that sleep has on our physiology in terms of you know re- helping our hormones to kind of do their thing and reset and detoxify and um is enormous so mm. absolutely you know look at your sleep if you're having any issues around hormone Okay, that's that really great. That's mm. some real life tips that we can take away. Thank you. And just to finish up around that, if you want some more tips around, um, you know, because Moody, Moody Month has, you know, we work with all these experts that are really focused on hormonal health. So, mm. you know, you can get really great guidance and support um, around shopping for your cycle, you know, what to do when you feel fatigued or you have hormonal imbalance. Um, throughout your cycle and you can get some great tips there okay amazing yay we're all massive moody manifest we are (laughs) you know we're on the moody team okay um thank you all so much yeah thank thank you you. so much lola for coming and i just lola is just such a fountain of knowledge it's a joy to be able to get some of that (laughs) soak it all up and i'm sure our listeners will be doing so (laughs) well thanks so much for having me you are so lovely ladies and if you want to follow lola on instagram her handle is at underscore lola ross and she's not the most profuse content <laughs> creator, <laughs> but she does share some little gems. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Lola. Really appreciate it. Have a great day, guys. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Slice. A new episode drops every Monday at 6am. Whether you're dealing with a wellbeing challenge or need some inspiration at work, The Slice is here to get you motivated and ready to step into your power. We are on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just search The Slice Podcast. I've been Tara Starlet, your resident wellness warrior, community marketing expert and growth guru. You can follow me at Tara Starlet. And I've been Megan Morass your resident motivational mentor, business owner, and power pep talker. Follow me at Megan Morass. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week for the